So last night I was gathering myself, as I usually do, for my evening preparation to finish off the work that I'll be doing this morning, as has been my habit for a long, long time. But I decided to turn on the TV, which I usually do. I like noise in the background. Well, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. I turned on the Republican debates. (laughs) Yes, I realized the chance I was taking. A funny thing happened. I turned it on, and right in the get-go when they got started, they started off just like I kind of figured they would. That was, you know, just at each other. Pretty strong, kind of fun, kind of entertaining, which is kind of what it's meant to be, I think. But then a strange thing happened. Just as I was thinking, okay, I'm going to turn to, to the rest of my sermon now because this is, will make good background noise. Nothing to be clued into too much. And then they actually stopped it. And they started actually answering questions. They actually started talking about their visions and their plans and what they would do when they were elected, to use their words, as the president of the United States of America. And what that did was it delayed my preparation and kept me awake because when they actually started speaking in voices that made sense to me, not so politicized, oh, there's always some of that, but actually saying things that mattered, I found myself listening to almost the whole debate until they got to the point where they said, when we come back from this break, they'll do their summations. Well, I knew what their summations were going to be about. You know, vote for me, vote for me. So I tuned them completely out and got back to work on what I needed to be doing. It's hard to hear a voice amongst, I forgot how many were there. What are there, six, seven? I forgot how many were there. They were all the way across the stage again. You would hear one person speak and you would clue into what they were saying and you wanted to believe them and then you would hear another person speak in a similar way about some things and they were actually overlapping. They actually were speaking in ways that you could discern, understand and and get a sense about the person who's behind the words who is bigger, we hope and pray, than the act of the political work that goes on during these election days. But you know, with so many to speak about some of the same issues, it became very hard to remember what one had said because another one was saying something slightly different. And occasionally the voices would be in dissonance. dissonance. They would be different about the same issue, about the same set of facts. That's not unusual in political debates. But it did fit in with my topic for this morning's message as I was sitting there listening to it because I recognize that it's very hard for me this year. Now, I know it's very easy for some of the rest of you, but for me, it's very difficult to hear the voices that that I think merit my vote for them to be the president of these United States for four years. I don't know why it's so different this year, maybe because I'm getting older, Uh, maybe because, I don't know. I'll leave it at that. You can figure it out. Now, It's not the only time, though, that I have trouble listening these days. If I want to listen to someone tell me about what to do with my retirement account, there are all kinds of investment voices in my ear. Some say, oh, don't do anything, don't worry about it. Some say, well, you're getting old enough, you better worry about it. You better protect what what you've got because it might go crash and burn. Some people say, well, you should invest it here. Some people say, yeah, you should invest it there. Voices constantly coming in. 
In the world in which we live today, there are voices that sound so often and so regularly, it's hard to turn them off. They intrude on my phone uninvited. They, they intrude on my mental space on the TV constantly. They bombard us with ads in every kind of way you can imagine. Voices that are always coming. And you know, some of them are hard to determine if they're real or not. Have you heard any of the recent toys? I remember years ago when they had toys that talked, it was not hard to tell it was a toy talking, right? I mean, it was so bad. Well, now the recorded voices that are in the toys that the children have are so lifelike and sometimes even interactive that you're not for sure if it's a baby doll talking or somebody else, right? I mean, it gets really real these days with a, with a competition for space in our heads and therefore in our hearts. In fact, there's so many voices that we tend to start tuning them all out in the culture in which we live. And that can be a serious, serious mistake, can it? And then we come to a story like this in the scripture where this young man, this youth, if you will, heard the the voice of the Lord. And we just kind of go, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I could hear the Lord speaking so clearly to me? He heard the voice of the Lord speaking to him. And and you know, this is not unusual in the biblical text, is it? It happens over and over and over again. People seem in, in the biblical days to be able to discern in their world and in their culture when God was speaking to them. Now, sometimes it was still a struggle. Sometimes it was not much of a struggle, but they had a commonality of reality in the sense that they knew that God was speaking to them. And sometimes they immediately kind of rejected the idea, as Moses did, and even as Jeremiah did. And sometimes they just heard it clearly like Mary, and it just became the word of God to them, and they just, they just melted right into it. It's always fascinating to us, because we seem to have a lot more trouble in our day and age than they did in hearing the word of the Lord. Perhaps it's for simple reasons. When it became nighttime there, they light a candle, and pretty soon they were all asleep. They had more time in their work world in the evening to contemplate and to hear. They didn't have TVs. They didn't have commercials. They didn't have a lot of the things we have now to intrude in our, in our mental space. So maybe it was a little easier to concentrate upon God, especially when they actually believed that God would be speaking to them. And that's a key thing, I think, in our world. I don't think that God has quit speaking. I do think it's getting harder and harder for us to hear. When y'all all were telling the kids how important they were, because you were all speaking at once, we couldn't discern a word you said. It was impossible, but we knew you were speaking to us. Now, in my lifetime, I've heard God speak, and I've been told a lot of times that God is speaking. Uh, sometimes somebody comes to visit me in an event or a story in their life, and they tell me how God spoke to them through that event or the story. I find that sometimes really perplexing when I know what they're saying contradicts Scripture. Maybe you've had some people say the same thing to you. Sometimes people come to me and ask me, something's been going on, and then they ask me, is this God speaking to me, or is this my sense of guilt, or is this my sense of stress, or is this my own head or my own desires? They're not sure if the voice they hear is God or not. Sometimes people come to me questioning why they don't ever hear God's voice. Sometimes people come to me telling me what God told them 
that I should respond to. and Something I need to do. Yeah, it happens a lot. You don't be surprised. Maybe it happens to you too. And sometimes people come to me proclaiming to speak God's word to me about a particular situation. Now, I'm not telling you this sermon this morning or sharing these thoughts with you to tell you not to come and tell me what God is telling you to say. But I am giving you fair warning. I do tend to listen to what you say, but then I don't just take the words that I hear with my ears and assume them to be the voice of God. Even if you tell me they are. In fact... A lot of times I think I hear something God is saying and I don't even take what I'm hearing as certainty that what I'm hearing and feeling and thinking about is necessarily the voice of God when I begin to hear it about a particular situation, a particular event, or a particular thing that's going on in my life. Sometimes it is quite clear to me that what somebody is saying to me is not from God. Sometimes I'm certain it's not from God. But that doesn't mean I tell them that. Although sometimes I do. Because you see, saying that you've heard the voice of God if you're a believer is incredibly important. Being able to discern the difference between our own inner desires our own sense of consciousness, our own awareness of what kinds of things that God is doing in our world is a very important attribute of being a Christian. Being able to discern when those speaking to us and telling us the truth as they perceive it at least, and then adding to it that that God is saying this causes us to pause. It's like a politician who wants to interpret or reinterpret history for me. When I hear them talk, I don't just assume they're telling 100% of the truth, nor do I assume that 100% of the truth is easily discernible when people have different viewpoints and different experiences as they're interacting with their reality and the voices that they're hearing. By now, you're probably saying, Doug, why are you preaching this sermon? Are you really that worried about the election? Well, not really, sort of, but not really. I'm saying this because in the church of Jesus Christ, what the Lord says is of paramount interest for us. What the Lord says makes all the difference in our world. And yet if we cannot hear God clearly because of all the noise in our heads or in our lives or in our lack of bringing ourselves into the place where we can hear God's word, God can't get through to us. And yet these people, Jesus, all the way back to Abraham, to Moses, to Samuel, to Elijah, to Jeremiah, there are many people in the scriptures who heard the word of the Lord. Paul, the list just goes on and on. So I guess the question becomes for us, how can we know and how can we discern that we are hearing God's voice in our life? I want to address the prior question. Why is it that some of us feel like God is never speaking to us? Because now I want to say something I think is fairly accurate. 
I believe that God speaks to every one of us, saved and unsaved, Christian and non-believers. I believe that God, through the Holy Spirit, woos and speaks in our minds and in our sense of consciousness, constantly trying to draw us to himself. I also believe that God speaks in certain ways to certain people at certain times about the specific calling for an individual's life. I know that to be true in my own life. I know what it was like to refuse to hear God's call. I know how, what it was like to confuse my own sense and desires in my own life with what God wanted for my life. I know what it's like when you finally yield yourself inside so that you can really listen to what God is saying to you, so that you can respond to what God is specifically saying to you. And I know what it's like to go back and to try to discern in Scripture if what you heard was really true. I know what it's like to look into the future things that happen in regard to what the voice you heard God calling you to do turns out to actually be true. I do not know what it feels like, specifically, to be dead set certain that God is calling you to do something and then feel like God is not there with you or that God somehow is not giving you what you need to accomplish what God has called you to do. I know what it feels like to be like Jeremiah and like Moses say, no, not me. I know what that feels like. But it was never all about me in those callings, and it's never all about you when God calls you to do something specifically. Because, you see, God told Jeremiah, you, you are going to be my, my prophet. <laughs> kind of a statement, wasn't it? And it didn't say, would you like to go into ministry? He says, you're going to be my prophet. And, oh, nope, not me. No, I'm too young. Don't worry about your youngness. I'll put the words there. I'll be with you. Do not be afraid. I will provide everything you need. Sometimes... I want God to give me a, the voice that I want to hear. Yes, Doug, I've heard your prayer, and I'm going to hear and heal brother so-and-so. Sometimes I hear God speak, and I think that God is saying, no, this is a sickness unto death. It's in the scriptures. Read them closely, Doug. Yes, Lord, but I don't really like the message. And God always says the same thing. I'm not all that interested in what you like. And sometimes I think God is going to heal someone, and it doesn't turn out that way. And I go back and search again, and I usually find reasons why it didn't happen. But sometimes just the miraculous happens. And when I'm struggling to hear God's voice of affirmation that he's going to heal, God in the middle of that, God does heal. It's just such an amazing thing, this hearing God's voice. It's never simple, it's always difficult, and it's always challenging. So how can we handle what we hope to believe, the Word of God, not only for us as individuals, but for the community of faith? First of all, you need to know something about Jeremiah, why he might have heard the voice. He was a son of a priest. He was raised in the Levitical priesthood. And therefore, because he grew up in that community of faith, he regularly heard the stories of God calling. Regularly he heard them. He heard about how the saints of old heard God's call and responded. 
He regularly prayed because that was part of the discipline of their life. He didn't just whisk, whisk off a quick 30-second one for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He prayed regularly and devoutly, giving his attention to God, not only what he spoke, but in what he heard. That was the life that they lived. He regularly poured over the sacred texts as the priesthood was prone to do. And indeed, even the people of Israel were prone to do in those days. In order to determine from the scripture God's will and way for his life. In other words, he grew up in a community of the faithful. And it is much here much clearer and easier to hear the word of God when you grow up in the community of faith. For all those individual Christians out there that are depending upon everything to be one-on-one between them and God, they are missing most of the faith. And they are missing the support of the believing community that helps us discern truth from error. Just because someone says something is going to happen, and if you don't believe it, does you're not a Christian, doesn't mean they know anything about what they're talking about. It may mean that they are so overwhelmed with their lack of understanding of the Scriptures that they have a really bad theology. You've heard it called name and claim it, right? You name it, you claim it, and it happens. Trouble is, you, you can name and claim a lot of things, and they don't ever happen because they're all about you and your situation and not about the one who created you. But it's not just being raised in the context of a community of faith that's, that makes it work. It works because people in the community, in the context of the community of faith, can discern together what God's voice is. And that's why we're starting next Sunday, right after worship, we're going to start our first meeting of our congregational visioning process. So that a group of people, about 35 to 40 in number, which will be enlarged to probably 60 to 75 per, people out of our our active 400 will be working together to discern the will of God and the voice of God in our future. We don't trust just the pastor's view. We don't trust just three lay people's view. We're spreading it out. We're spreading in the interaction. And before it becomes actuality, it will come back to you, to the whole congregation in the form of a report so that you can hear what God is calling us to do in the next 18 months and beyond. We believe it's important because we are a community of faith. And we need to be the bridle for one another. Because sometimes communities of faith can get it wrong unless they're listening to the larger community. Secondly, it's not always easy to hear the the Lord's voice because there are all kinds of roadblocks. Doug, I'm calling you to preach. Well... I was 15 years old, 14, I couldn't remember the exact age. I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to be called to preach. I didn't want to be like those out-of-date, stodgy old preachers up there that I ignored all the time. They never walked and got really close in my face like I'm doing you now either, by the way. Because if I had listened to that voice and heard that voice and talked with it about somebody besides my own important self... Maybe somebody could have gotten me into ministry 10 years sooner because it was a full 10 or 12 years later that I was willing to listen to God's voice. But I too was a youth. And I remember what I said to God. Ah, I'm just feeling guilty. 
I just think if I become a preacher, I won't feel so guilty. I can get over the guilt. Just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I have to get everything right. That's all I'm thinking about. I've got a perfection complex. I don't really need to be a preacher. Those weird-looking people who travel all over the country wear funny sport coats that don't match their pants, <laughs> wear stripes with flowery ties, and say all those words. No, no, that's not for Doug. So I went on about making my life. Funny thing about God, when God caused you to do something, he kept pounding away, and then one day that call became fresh. Because I got into a community of the faith who weren't just gathering for worship, but were also studying the scriptures. And God would not leave me alone. And I kept telling him, no, no, that's not it. And he kept saying, yep, sure is. And I kept saying, nope, nope, can't be. Until one day, I just got worn down by God. And I said, okay. Goodness gracious, you're worse than my mother. (laughs) If this is what it takes to make you happy, I'll do it. But you have a mess to fix up. It's going to be really hard because I'm not even in college. I've got to go to college. I've got to go to seminary. I've got to tell my wife. That's a bigger problem than you think, God. I've got all kinds of things to do. But I finally yielded to listen to the voice and put my own desires aside. And a lot of times, a lot of our prayers and a lot of our things the Lord said thus and so are more about our own desires than the desires of God. So sometimes we push back because we're frightened. Sometimes we push back because we don't like it, it doesn't match our desires. Sometimes we push back by just not listening and filling our lives with so much There's only one word that works here. It's my daddy's word. And he's in heaven and he told me it was okay. You fill your lives with so much crap that you can't hear anything else. We don't have time to listen to God. We don't have space to let God mess around with changing my life. I've known many people through the years who had a clear call to go into ministry, but it didn't fit their budget, it didn't fit their plans. And even though God kept talking to them, I know one that finally gave in 20 years later. It happens to every one of us when God starts rearranging our lives. But the one thing about the call, if we yield ourselves to it and listen for God's will and not our own, and if we're pursuing our calling in the context of a faithful Christian community. They will help us change our perspective and they will help us to be clear about what it is God is calling us to do. And they will also encourage us with these truthful words. God always supplies the resources for the callings that he makes on people's lives. And when those resources do not appear, it means you have misunderstood the calling of God. That's one of the ways we test if God is truly calling us or not. Also, if we have a true calling from God, we will be aware that God is with us in the midst of our messes, in the midst of our inadequacies, in the midst of our fears. And we'll hear him say over 
and over again, do not fear, I am with you. Do not fear, I am with you. You know what happens when all that's going on in the context of the community of faith? Then God's call becomes real and we live the most peaceful, satisfying life we could ever live upon this earth. So you need to listen to what God is telling you. You need to make room for the voice of God. You need to study the scriptures to know the will of God so that you won't be confused by your own desires. But so that you might hear God clearly. You need to be confident that when you do listen and God calls you or calls your congregation, your Sunday school class or other group of people that you're in regular community with, that he will supply the resources you need, period. You need to be certain that in that experience that God will be with you and you need have no fear. And lastly, enjoy the peace when you find yourself there because then life is really worth living. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, as we move toward this process we're doing together, may we hear your call as a congregation. May we see the direction you're calling us to. May we not be so hung up on our own desires or upon our past that we cannot see the future you're calling us toward. May we fear not. May we have confidence that you are with us to provide all that we need in the time and manner in which we need it. And may we celebrate as a congregation of faithful people the peace that you mean for us to have. Father, right now I pray for the peaceful hearts of each person that's here. We're going to break bread in your memory, Lord. We're going to share in the the juice that reminds us of the blood of Christ. This is not a United Methodist table. This is your table. Let everyone know that they are free to come forward and to commune with you during this time. Let everyone know now, Lord, that your spirit is searching their hearts and minds, prepared to forgive them for all their sin, individually and collectively. Let them know, Lord, that you are affirming them as your child. Prepare their hearts to commune together as the body of Christ, who is leaning in to the experience of your voice in the middle of and context of a community of faith. We praise you, God, for your thankfulness. For you are thankful for each of us. And we respond by being so thankful to the God of our salvation who sent us Jesus. Bless us as we commune together. For I ask it in Christ's name. Amen.